Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen. It's always good on Friday because that means it's another podcast day, which means I get to meet another great guest and inspire you all with their story of overcoming the odds, resilience, and and I forgot the third thing I was going to say. And this is live, so we just have to go with it. So if you are new and you're joining me on YouTube, please subscribe to this to the channel. If you're catching us on Facebook, please like and share because don't keep all of this good information to yourself. And if you're just new in general and have no idea what you're getting into, let me introduce myself first. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. It starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. All that stuff. I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. You gotta know your work. That is the best intro in all of the podcast world. Absolutely. It fires me up every time I listen to it. It's just just about me. I'm not that narcissistic. Uh, My exes might disagree with that. But anyway, today we're going to be talking about divorce and co-parenting. But before we get there, I have to give my teachable moment of the day. So today, I want you to compliment yourself. I want you to look in the mirror and I want you to compliment yourself. Because it's so easy to beat ourselves up over what happens to us in life. But we do, we spend so much time doing that, that we overlook all the amazing things about us. And it doesn't even have to be anything physical. It it can just be whatever it is that you want it to be. Just be thankful for something and do that every single day. And you're going to see over time, you're going to find yourself in a better mood. If you're someone that struggles with motivation or self-esteem or self-love. Self-awareness, pick, pick a self, any self. But taking care of you will, uh, will enable you to take care of everyone else around you. So start with you. Look in the mirror. Be like, damn it, you got pretty eyes. Or I love your lips. Or you are right where you're supposed to be in life. Or you're a wonderful mother. You're a wonderful father. Whatever it is, boost yourself up. Because think about it. As kids, we pump up kids all day long, right? Nobody goes around telling their kids that they suck, right? We pump the kids up all day long, but yet we beat ourselves up, okay? So pump yourself up the way you would your child when they accomplish something, and then you're going to see everything in your world is going to change. All right, so now it's time to dive into the main part of the episode, and I do this every show. I click off of the bio. All right, here we go. We're back. So who is my guest? All right, she is a certified divorce coach. She is a parent coordinator. We're going to find out exactly what that is. She's also a lawyer. She's a yoga teacher. Talk about two different extremes, right? Lawyer, yoga teacher. 
She is an author, and we'll talk about that. And she is a mother of four. And since we're talking about divorce and co-parenting, she has been through that, as have I. So we're going to have a great conversation. Please welcome to the show, Sherry Morris. Morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. What energy you bring already to the show. <laughs> I get that a lot. I get that a lot. People always ask me if I drink coffee. I'm like, I don't need coffee. <laughs> Not at all. So where are you joining us from? I live right and work right near Washington, D.C., but have clients all over the country. But most of the, my time is spent on the East Coast. Nice. I'm an East Coast boy, boy myself. I'm up here in Rhode Island. Awesome. Yes. All right. So what does the JD after your name mean? That's Juris Doctorate. So that okay. is representative of my law degree. Okay. Gotcha. That just means you're very smart. Well, I, you know, obviously I have, to, I have to show everybody that. I have to tell them, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I always tell, tell people, if you're going to brag, brag about yourself. Like, there's, so, there's so many people that beat themselves up. It's like, no, no. Like, it's okay to be confident. It's okay to know that you're good at something. And it's okay to let other people know you're good at something. Because if I was going to hire you and you were like, yeah, I'm an okay lawyer. I'm not giving you my business, <laughs> right? I want the person that's sure of themselves and that, no, I'm the best in the industry. So you want me. That's <laughs> There's right. nothing wrong with that. All right. So we're going to start with the question I ask everyone. Who is Sherry? Let's get to know you better. Well, thank you for giving me that platform to, to talk about myself and, and maybe be impactful to other people. Because the way I would start the answer to that question, um, Robert, is to say that I am I am many things. I am, um, as your intro so powerfully suggested, um, I am a parent. I am a mother. Um, I am a partner to a wonderful man. I am an author. Um, I am a lawyer by training, but I have a full-time coaching practice now, and I can obviously talk more about what that means, but I am doing now the work and living the life that I think every experience, good and bad, in my own life has brought me, and that's why I think um, it's such a good fit to talk to you, because based on the work you do, I think you're trying to get many people to that place, and I'm so passionate about conflict resolution, which is really the essence of my work in divorce and co-parenting and family systems, um, that that's, that's what I am and that's who I am. It really embodies me. Love it. And there's definitely a need for what you do. Like I'm in a divorce dad with kids group and some of the stories that are shared in that group, I'm just like, wow. Cause I kind of lucked out in my first one, I got I got uh, physical custody of my my two older kids, and then yes. in, the set, in the second one I got we 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 agreed on fifty fifty, and we never went to court. It's, it's like we did it ourselves. And if the kids need something, like they're with her this weekend, and if something were to come up and she needs something, I got you, you know. And like and, and she does she does the same thing. Like we don't we don't really you know we're not friends per se. It's like we don't you know yeah. just like if we like. Saturday, Sunday, my daughter has a softball game. You know, we'll, we'll both go. She's remarried. And, you know, we both go. We don't really talk, you know, hi, that's about it. <laughs> but if the kids need anything, we're both right on it. And well, I, just, you I just don't understand it. why that's so difficult for some people. Well, that is a great question, Robert. And, and, and I will say this. It takes two. 
right? Yeah. So both yeah. you and he know how to inhabit that space. And I really, I think it's brilliant that you suggest that you're not friends, you're not hanging out, but you know how to show up for the kids. Yes. And that means you get it. There's no agreement that you can create in this world, no legal contract that can teach people that. You either yes. know how to do yes. it or you don't. And if you don't, it's people like me that try to help you do it. And yes. so when you hear those stories, um, terrible things people do to each other, thinking they're punishing their former partner, but really who's hurt the kids. Yep. kids. What I try to do is help people disengage from that level of negativity with each other and say, step back because look, it's not making you feel good either. You know, when you said to people at the beginning of the show, compliment yourself. When you're attacking someone else, it's hard to hold yourself in high esteem. It, it makes you part of that pattern of negativity. So I say, let's communicate in a neutral way. You don't need to tell him he's a jerk. Just tell him to pick up the kids at three o'clock, right? Like, first of all, let's be <laughs> exactly. neutral. Right. It's like he may or may not be a jerk. But if he is, he probably already knows it. And you're not and he's not going to believe you anyway. So and more importantly, as we both know, um, Robert, we had kids at one point. We made the decision that this person was important enough to us that yeah. we would have a child or more than one child. So yeah. if we can do that, we certainly cannot send the kids a negative message by saying something bad about their co-parent, because that implies there's something wrong with them. Exactly. And that's the message kids get, right? Yep. So I talk to people all the time. I'm like, you can be angry, but you need to do your work to figure that out because it will hurt your kids. And then what do kids do as they get older is they begin to feel bad about themselves. They can obviously get into bad and manipulative behaviors and do very harmful things, you know, for our community. So we don't want that. We want them to inhabit a really positive space. And it, you do not have to denigrate your former partner to lift yourself up. It's, exactly. it's like that's the most important message I want to send to people. And, and the fact that you're part of a dad's group is really significant to me because my sweet spot is when I can work with couples because I think sometimes moms – get very protective of that parenting space, right? Yes. So they think they implicitly need to criticize dad to feel valued. And so what I try to teach couples to do, and that that can be couples who, who are only co-parents. They're no longer together as a couple. Yes. I teach them how to help dad, help mom in positive ways where they don't feel lectured, where they're not being told what to do, but feel empowered. So that when you talk to your child about dad, they know dad is a really positive person, even if he has limitations, which is, of course, the same for mom, because yes. we all do. And that's OK. That's the beauty of our humanity. Yes, absolutely. All right. So let's talk about how you got to where you are. So where, where were you born and raised? I was born in northeast Ohio in a town okay. called Akron, Ohio. So right. uh, LeBron James's hometown. Thank you very much. I'm, you know, just a couple of years older, but that's exactly right. So, so we got it. It's a, it's a great place, in my view, to be from, to really have good roots. Um, I grew up there and then left for college and have never lived there since, but, but do have a sense of it being home. Um, I, my parents divorced when I was very young. I was just two years old. But they intuitively got a long time ago what people teach now about cooperative co-parenting. Um, and, you know, I lived with mom, but saw dad all the time. He was very involved in my life. They both remarried. I had the experience of step siblings on both sides. 
Mm. Um, I even had the experience of my dad getting divorced again and staying in connection with the woman who is my only living parent now, my, my former stepmother, because both my parents are now deceased. So for me, these connections matter. And I think intuitively so because of my own childhood, um, navigating family, like how people get along, I had to do it. Like, this is how I had to learn to fit into different family systems. And so for me, it makes a lot of sense and, and maybe comes more naturally than it would to people who wouldn't have had this experience, of course. Yes. So that's called relatability. Like people <laughs> that, that listen to the, to the show, I say it all the time and I can bring up childbirth. Like as a fitness coach, I've worked with many, many, many pregnant women to where yes. I, can, I can go and I can tell, I can tell women everything they're going to feel every step of the way, every single month, but I've never felt it. It would be so much more impactful coming from you because you felt it. Like, you know what it feels like to have, to have the kids sitting on your bladder. And you know what the contractions feel like. So relatability is huge. And that, that was why, because I think, think I, I met you at the, the, the National Publicity Summit. Was that that was where uh, we connected? That's a great question. Uh, you know what? We may have only connected on podcast booker or something. That's, that's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, because I remember I, I read the bio and I was like, good, because it's it's good to, to have, I mean, not knocking any any therapists out there, you know, yeah. but just having someone that, that's been through it. Because like, if you're a therapist and you've been married for 30 years, it's like, yeah, you understand it, but you didn't live it. <laughs> you know, it's like living it is so different. I, I'm really glad you expressed that thought, Robert, because I believe, you know, we come to do the work we do in many ways, right? And so I never suggest anyone has to have had the experience of divorce to do what I do. But I can tell you that having been a stepchild, having my own children, now having a stepchild, having been married and divorced, being, you know, reblended, all of that absolutely changes the perspective. And I share your worldview, which is you may not have to have done it, but it definitely makes you able to relate more to that experience with a client. So for me, I think it, it gives me a distinct, um, advantage empathetically when I'm when I'm working with families and they're really struggling because some of this is hard stuff and and how do you what tools are you going to use to get out of your own way that's always my question I've had to do it right sometimes I I want to stay in my own way but I really work hard to to help people find that space but I do think my own childhood informed that because of all those adjustments I had to make so for me in a way it's the thing that comes most naturally yeah, and just to just to add on to that too is getting people to admit that they're in their own way, because I, I find a lot like in this dad's group, these guys are just bashing their exes left and right, left and right, and then I'll come in and be like, just remember, it takes two people to argue, it takes two people to to come together, it takes two people to make a baby, it takes two people to be parents, it takes two people to to have a divorce, it takes two people to co-parent. <laughs> you know, so, so you can't put every single bad thing on her. Somewhere in there, you played a role. And that was something I had to deal with myself because I'm, I'm pretty type A. You know, like I, I will say, I'm pretty really? type A. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and it's easy to say, oh, well, she did this and she did that. And, and I worked and I did this and I did that. And I'm always home and I do the shopping, I do the cooking. And, but then it's like, but I really wasn't there emotionally. You know, to women, to women, that matters. 
You That's know, hard well, because, wow. because men are very task driven. So I'm like, I'm doing all of my tasks. Like, why aren't you happy? <laughs> so I had to step back, you know, through through the second one, I had to step back and be like, all right, where am I going wrong? I'm in my mid forties here and yet I'm single again. <laughs> so it's like, oh. so instead of saying this one's crazy, this one's good, this one's that, I had to step back and be like, all right, where am I going wrong? And then that's when my wow. whole perspective on everything changed. That is beautiful and and well said. And let me say, first of all, I can tell you're a lovely man and have many good qualities as a partner. But 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 noticing that and owning it is the hardest thing we can do. And when you mentioned not being able to get along with your co-parent, one thing I often see is people say, I want to do it. For example, I would say that about myself. I want to do it, but I have a high conflict X. But I try to look at what I may have been doing wrong. I probably used to tell him too much how to do things. I know how to do this for the kids. You need, nobody wants to hear that. Even if it worked in the marriage, right? Even if you were the one that did it, it begins to feel really off-putting. So I had to start changing my strategy. But the thing I can never do, and I'm sure this is true in your life too, that you know so well, I can never change who the other person is. So I better start, stop trying that and only shift myself. So true. And, and sometimes it means I have to sit with the fact that I will never have a great co-parenting relationship. So for some of my clients, that is true, but it doesn't mean they can't have peace, right? And it doesn't mean they can't role model to their children how they want to be in the world and live their lives and still speak positively of their co-parent, at least as a parent to the child and say, I know they love you, even if they're not showing up, right? There are ways we can still be positive because we did create these children. So that's kind of my version of what we should be doing. And a lot of people need some support to get there, which is the coaching piece, which I, I'm sure you're familiar with because you're doing so much coaching that has nothing to do with the physical body, even though that's where you started. Yes. Yeah. And I had a conversation just yesterday with my my 19-year-old daughter because she was from my, well, I mean, I wasn't married the second time, but we were in a 13-year yeah. relationship, so pretty much. But yes. In, but when, when I was married, when, when we got divorced, like my my ex just left. Like she just left. Like we didn't know she was gone until she was gone. Like I brought, wow. the, I brought the kids wow. to her job to see her. And that's when we found out she had left. Like she moved to Tennessee. She was gone. <laughs> you know? And so well, that's a story. That's a big deal. Right. Yeah, that's a huge deal. And, and, and in her mind, she knew they would be better off with me. So like, that's how, that's how she just, she justified the move. And as the father, like, cause like, I'm not that, that dad, like I'm very involved with my children and that didn't sit well with, with, with me at all. And even when she was still here, I would drive them to, to her house for her, for her time with them. And I'd be waiting and waiting and waiting and they wouldn't show it. And at the time they were six and three, you know, so they, oh. they were, they were little and it's like, she wouldn't be there or like, she'd be at my house. I'd be at my house. The kids are dressed ready. They're in the window waiting for her to pull in and she would never pull in. And like, and I would get so mad. I'd be like texting her. I'd be calling, yelling on the phone, yelling, screaming. This you know, 20 years ago, I was more, more, more feisty then. And then just one day it hit me. I'm like, I'm giving her total control over my emotions. 
Yes, beautiful. Yep. Yes. I let total control. I was like, here I am, blood boiling. And she's probably sitting back laughing. <laughs> and, having exactly the effect she intended. So you and in but yep. in effect, you're punishing yourself for her yes. behavior that you couldn't shift. What that's a really impactful story and expression of exactly what I see all the time. Yes. And and what do you think shifted for you? What helped you to see that, do you think? It it, it was really just that. I was like, I, I'm sitting here blood boiling and she's probably laughing. So I was yes. like, I need to just just stop. I need to just focus on raising the, these two. She's playing games. I right. said, I said, I'm just gonna focus on raising these two. And I and That's I just smart. I just stopped I just stopped answering the calls I just stopped answering the texts unless they were directly about the children anything else I just ignored it and then after a while the, the, the communication just stopped but the other side to that so why I was talking to my daughter yesterday is because like she doesn't realize the impact of her not being around what it did to the kids and like she just sees that you know my oldest one graduated college my my daughter she's in college now. You know, like they're doing the things that they wanted to do. You know, they they had a they had a good a good solid upbringing, but she doesn't grasp the fact they didn't have you. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. like that's what she's missing. So my oldest daughter, like she's still struggling with that because she's got like now she was three, so she doesn't remember that day that I took them to, to go see her. But my right. but my son does. Like he wants yes. nothing to do with her. Like she came up in 2017 for his graduation. And he didn't see her. He didn't get get her a ticket to the graduation. And I wasn't going to force him. I was like, the kid's 18 now. I'm like, I, I told Absolutely. her, I said, I warned you when when they were eight and four, that one day you're going to have to face them. And yes. I was like, I was like, and here we are, <laughs> you know. Well, and, the, and this is it. And I like, I like it to be about the natural consequences. In other words, you would never have interfered with that relationship. In fact, and as they were younger, you probably still would have encouraged it to the extent she could show up. Yeah. And that's always my advice. If they can show up and take care and attend, we don't want kids waiting at a window, right? Looking out, where's mom or dad? Yeah. But if they can, then then give them the ability to do that, assuming they're, you know, engaged in healthy behaviors and not, you know, having trouble with drugs and alcohol and that sort of thing. So yeah. if that's the case, then, then spend time. And if they choose not to, ultimately the kids will decide. They, they may have more adjustment problems. They may need to do therapeutic work or practical coaching work themselves to figure out what is that relationship I want with a parent that didn't show up for me. It's such a fundamental bond, right? Your biological parent. And if you don't have that relationship, it's a big deal. But it's not up to you as the co-parent to figure that out for your child ultimately. It is for the child at a particular age to navigate that journey. And that's really hard because as you know, as dad, you were steamed that this was happening to your son and daughter. Like yep. it hurt you physically yes. and yet, right? And yet, and so then as your son grows up and says, mom, I don't want you there, in a way that probably didn't feel validating to you because it may have been right for him, but it's also, that's so sad. It's grief, it's like, I'm sorry that my son didn't have a mother who could be present in a way that's meaningful to him. And my hope for him and for so many young men who have a parent and young women have a parent that they may not have had a relationship with as a child, because 
again, we are growing and learning as parents, right? Yes. That they can figure out a path to at least explanation, if not reunification, right? Or yes. reunion. Yeah, that's what I was trying to stress to her yesterday. I said, you know, you have feelings inside of you that you need to express. I said, but you also have to understand what you might seek from her. You're probably not going to get it <laughs> because, because she has it in her mind that she made the right decision leaving leaving them with me. But like the part that, that she's missing, like you could have called some. There's FaceTime now. You know, you could have sent stuff up for their birthday. You could have sent stuff up for Christmas. You know, like those are the, the, the little things. Like one of the last arguments I had with her, I told her, I said, you have the bare minimum responsibility. I said, I'm the one getting up in the middle of the night. I'm the one going to, to the parent-teacher conferences. I'm the one going to all the sports things. I'm the one buying all the clothes and doing the X, Y, Z. All I ask you to do is just call them even once a week. That's it. Yes. That's all I want out of you. I don't need anything else. Just call them at least once a week. And we, they would go months, sometimes years without hear, hearing from her. It's it's heartbreaking. And when I know that that happens, and it does, we also know she could not possibly have had a lot of peace in her life. Because you don't do that as a parent and have a lot of peace in your life. And so when I see those situations, I try with my clients to say, look, we know they haven't figured it out and they can't manage it, but we can't shift that. So what we're going to do is exactly what you did. We're going to try some communication that stays kid focused, that's very neutral. We might even give them updates about what's going on if, if it's at the proper context, just to try again to let them know that these kids are still around. You know, we do everything we can, but what we don't do is try to create a shift that we can't for them. We just keep going ourselves. And I really want, I really want to emphasize how it's important that we detach from the idea of who that other parent should be. Because if we are all stirred up all the time, it doesn't help us and it doesn't help the kids. So we can, on the one hand, have grief that we didn't consciously uncouple, right? And have that perfect divorce that, you know, we don't have perfect co-parenting. But it's also important that we know that it's informing our journey. I'm a big believer. I don't know why. I don't know why, Robert, that was the journey your kids are supposed to have. But it was, right? Yes. And, and whether you consider it a soul journey or something else, it's meaningful. And so I think living in the space and learning to inhabit it as peacefully as possible and, and, and taking life lessons or soul lessons from it is all each of us can do. Yes. And, and the, the sole purpose of sharing that was more so so people could people listening can understand the magnitude of your actions and how it affects the children. You know what I mean? It's like she left in 2006. It's 2021 and we're still talking about it. Like it, it's done 15 years of damage, you know, and, and my daughter was saying just yet. Yes, I was trying, trying to explain to her about forgiveness. I'm like, I said, I said forgiveness is about you. I said, it's not about her. It's about you. I said, you have to get these feelings down. Even if you just write it down in a notebook, even if you never talk to her, just get the feelings down so you can move on from it. It's like, it's always good, going to hurt. It's, it's, you know, you're, you're never going to be able to fill that void of the last 19 years. And I was like, but you can make the next 19 years better just by unpackaging all of this and don't let it affect your future. You know, it's yeah. like, like, that's, that's the part that people miss. It's like, yeah, you know, like I said, my ex and I, we, are, we aren't friends, 
I don't hate her. I don't wish bad things on her. When she remarried, when she remarried, I was happy for her. I was like, good. It's like I just knew we our dynamic wasn't wasn't right. We moved too too quickly. Ended up with a daughter and then twin boys. Wow. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? So so it's like just after a while, like we both just kind of knew that the dynamic wasn't there. And so yes. we, we held on for a while. You know, people always say you you can't stay stay together for the kids. It's like I mean, as long as as you can do it in a healthy way, I really think it's a pretty solid reason. You know, so it's yes. like a, one of the kids a solid base. And one thing I want, want to stress too, and I want to get your thoughts on this, is yeah. that the children need both parents because there there are things in the household that a dad can do that the mom cannot duplicate. There are things that the mom can do that the dad cannot duplicate. What do you think about a- that? I'm a big believer in what I describe as masculine and feminine energy. And I'm absolutely a believer that what you said is true. And, it, and it's, by the way, not always captured in the traditional way, right? Yeah. But yes, I do think that's true. And I really appreciate it if mom and dad don't live in the same household, that that's why they have exposure and time with the other parent. Because, you know, a young man growing and learning to be an adolescent, the role model of the masculine of the father figure is very different than what the mother can offer. Yeah. Um, a young woman, a girl becoming a young woman to have a mother present, it's its important and it's a guiding force. Of course, uh, let's not discount that it can be a negative impact, yeah. but it's important if we can do it in solid and healthy ways. So I especially think if you're gatekeeping, which is what you know we describe in, in my world as keeping your child from the co-parent because you think that they're somehow inadequate, that doing that kind of gatekeeping can really harm the child. And again, you don't want someone with, you know, significant mental health, drugs and alcohol problems, you know, unchecked access to this child. But assuming you're just mad at this person because they broke up with you or it didn't work out in some way, or you need to feel like the victim, those are not good reasons to keep your child from your other parent, right? Because they need that presence. And it's so important that they know what what mom is, what dad is, as they grow and learn, because they are likely to inhabit one of those roles eventually themselves. Yeah, yeah. And people, people just have to realize it's not about you. It's like, just even if you are mad, okay, be mad. That's got nothing to do with the child. Like the child didn't ask to be here. You two created the child. So at That's one right. point, you liked each other enough to lay down. That's right. <laughs> you know? That's exactly you, right. You, you saw the pregnancy all the way through. You had the birth of the child. So for, at, at that moment, your sole purpose in life is to give that child the base and structure that they need to navigate life. And, and you two bickering over, over each other, you, all you're doing is causing damage to the child that you created. That you held in your arms as an infant. And at that moment, you swore undying allegiance to protect that child. Just because the relationship broke down doesn't mean that allegiance changes. that That is absolutely accurate. And I think one of the things that we often forget is that we are growing, changing, learning too. So, you know, now that we are adults, we can recognize that when we were children, our parents were just trying to sort it out as well. But when our children look to us, right, they think we're complete and that we know everything and we should be doing it right. So I do also like to make it okay that we make mistakes and that we show our children, hey, that wasn't cool that we did that. So 
oh, I did say something about dad and that wasn't cool and I'm sorry about that. Or I didn't handle that the right way and I want you to know that I own it because it also teaches our kids that it's okay to make a mistake and then to get right back in there and, and as you would say, shut up and grind. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. Keep going. But, but giving the kids the space for humanity to recognize you can be an imperfect parent, but you need to be a parent, right? You need to keep showing up and do your work and do the best you can with the other parent that you can. All right. So let's talk about about you. So let, let's talk about your your first marriage. You know how how you guys met, how everything was in the beginning, what the disconnect was, which ultimately led to the uh, divorce. So um, first of all, I was in a relationship all through college and actually had a young marriage without children. And the reason we married was. It was a different time, right? It was like, you're not going to go to law school and follow this guy to medical school if you're not married. I mean, today, people would just do that. They would just live together. <laughs> yeah. But that marriage, and the reason I bring up that relationship is it was very different because we didn't have children. So when we divorced, it was much simpler. We, I mean, I think he actually told people I was dead. That's a whole nother oh. thing. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't have actually that much, you know, hostility towards him. So I always thought I would think well of him in the world, but we didn't have to stay connected. Mm -hmm. So that that kind of disconnect, that kind of breakup is very different. So I then met my former husband at a law firm where we both were practicing and it was very fast. And we actually our first child was born before we married, which was by the time that happened, less uncommon. We then married and had two more children in the city we lived in, which was in the Midwest in Kansas City, and then had this opportunity to come to the East Coast, to DC, and had our fourth child. So we had quite a family, right, that we were raising together. And I think in many ways, we made a very good team for a very long time. It was all the pressures, Robert, that I'm sure you can name. Um, we had our own law firm. It was a lot of money pressure, a lot of stress. We had a lot of kids. Um, my husband, my former husband had issues around depression and anxiety. I have a family history of that. And again, not everybody has perfect tools in the moment to deal with them. Yes. So I think for us, the disconnect, even though we had some help over the years, became substantial enough that there was no turning back. I couldn't find the space to go back and say, let's dig in and make it work. And I'm going to tell you the truth. I also had no other no idea what it would be like on the other side because I hadn't had a divorce with children. And sometimes I, I want to tell people, potential clients, clients, think about it very carefully because part of the work I just did do is discernment. Should I leave or should I, you know, stay? And like you said, it's really important to give those kids a foundation. And sometimes it's enough to stay unless you can't for reasons that are really serious. And we can talk about what all those are Yeah. to just show up and stay together and do the best you can. But if you decide to divorce, you better know ahead of time, if you can, who your co-parent's going to be. And if you can't predict with, you know, some certainty, and you're going to have to really be careful about, you know, what happens. And so in the end, my former husband was really mad at me. He thought I destroyed the family, right, by deciding not to stay. Yeah. And I think that informed his uh, his inability to co-parent with me. Um, and it's not a judgment of him as a human being. It's simply that I think he has more black and white thinking than I do. Right. And he doesn't have the space for gray, uh, the way I was raised in the kind of blended family situation. 
So it's been incredibly difficult to navigate, but it also turned me away from the traditional practice of law to find this business that I do mm -hmm. and to recognize, to open my eyes. Like you said, you're in this dad's group. There are so many people struggling with this. So I did the yoga teacher certification while still a lawyer. I then did the parent you ask about being a parent coordinator. And what that really means is I can help people create custodial agreements, parenting plans, how they want to behave with each other, even aspirationally. And it may seem kind of silly, but it's really important if you can set an intention in the beginning, even if you never look back at that agreement, which is the goal, that you remember that your focus was going to be that child, right? And, and it really does help. So I couldn't achieve that myself. And by the time... I re-blended the family. I'm now having an experience. I have a wonderful partner who shows up extremely well for my children. And, and he has just one daughter. So I often say, I know what I was doing, picking a man with only one child. I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> my, my kids are, are 27 down to 17. And he has a 16-year-old daughter. And you know, it has been now about seven years. And we've had our challenges. I I will be absolutely upfront. It informs everything I do in my work with my clients from, you know, building the confidence in these kids to trust us, right, as step parents to understanding why they are having trouble in their relationship with their other parent to simply, you know, making sure the expenses are paid for the kids. Like, how do you cooperate to have that happen? So I really feel like my own journey has been purposeful. I don't think I made the easiest choices. And I think that's significant as we talk here today, perhaps for your listeners and viewers, because I think sometimes we we can think more about how it's gonna look than we sometimes do. So planning for what's next is so incredibly important, but then you also can't always predict. And when you don't know what's gonna happen, you really do have to sometimes just do the best with what's next. And that's that's what I tell my clients. You you try to make informed choices, you plan, and then you just deal with what comes up too. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it depends a lot on the personality of the person too. Because I I was a leader at a young age, so I started I started. I mean, if you, if you want to count being captain of sports teams, it was like ten or eleven. But like I, I do, I was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I was managing restaurants at fifteen. Was a general manager at nineteen. So. Like I've always been wired to just solve problems. Like that's just that's just how I am. So in relationships, that kind of sucks because there are times where women just want to be heard, and like and I have a big problem just shutting up and listening, <laughs> right? Because so, it's just who I am, right? So, so the uh, where the heck was I going with that? Um, damn it, I lost my train of thought. Well, All we right. were talking about sort of you know how to know whether to stay or oh, go. That's what yeah. I was going. Yeah, yeah. And, and so my thing was with with this with the first one with the first divorce is like we did go through court, but we didn't have lawyers because like we just yeah. came we just came up with an agreement and said this is what we're gonna do. At the time, I wasn't gonna hit her up for, for child support because I didn't need it. But yes. it's like if it was the other way around, I, I would have got raked over the fire, you know. But but anyways. So, so the, the judge had recommended that that I leave child support open. She's like, mm -hmm. so leave it open and we can revisit it down the line if needed. And so I told her, I said, all I want, just do right by the kids. And then we'll never, we'll never have to have to deal with that. Within two weeks, she blew them off like three different times. So I went, I went back to, uh, 
went back to, to, to the court. And all I wanted her was to just pay for the daycare. That's it. You pay, and it was right. only, it was less than 50 bucks a week. Right. That was it. And so with the second one, you know, she, she was a little more, little more feisty than the first one. Um, like I said, she wasn't bad, bad, but she was just more feisty talking to friends and, you know, plotting and planning stuff. And I, and I said to her, I said, now, now listen, you know, I train a lot of different people. And I train most mostly females, and I hear a lot of stories about getting dragged in and out of court, in and out, in and out of court. And I said, if we want to switch something, we have to go to court and ask. I said, I'm not about going to court and asking permission to do stuff with my kids. <laughs> I said, so you let me know how you feel about it, but I feel like we can come up with our own agreement, and we stick to our own agreement. So it's like they they're with. Like this week, there there was me only two days. I had them Wednesday and Thursday, and then next week I'll have them five five days. And we trade oh. off we trade off like that every other week, you know. So next week I'll have them five days. She'll have them two two days. So it's it's complete fifty fifty. I actually have it right here. We do our our visitation calendar month to month. That's right? awesome. Right, and great. So each, and each each month, like I'll I'll text her and be like, you know, what do you need for November? And I, I yes. always I always give her her the first option because I, I control my schedule. So That's I'm like, awesome. all right, all right, you need the fifth off, you need this weekend off, okay, good. And then I fill it in and we, we have an equal number of days. Or so say like August and July both have 31 days. So one month she'll have 16, then the next month I'll have 16. So like we're yeah. right, we're right down down the middle. And the way we do expenses, I say luxuries. They're on you and they're on me. Like if I decide, if I decide I'm going to take the kids to Florida, that's on me. You know, if right. you, you decide you're going to take the kids wherever, that's on you. But just like now, the twins have braces. Like that's a bill we're, we're going to split. You know, for school shopping, she buys stuff for her house. I buy stuff for my house. It's none of this. I bought, I bought shoes. I want twenty dollars. I was right. like, it's like we're not nickel and diamond over that. Like that, that's just dumb. Like big bills right. will split luxuries is on each parent and and it works that's you know and i'm really glad you shared in a really granular way what you decided because from my perspective it doesn't matter what you do but it's more important how you do it and that you can both agree to do it because then you don't have to worry about it and people aren't as you said nickel and diming yes. so if we can gain agreement with each other and there are lots of ways you can do that in separation and divorce and co-parenting and that's why I like at the front end to have people in a process that doesn't involve court. Because the thing about court, you know, when people are like, oh, court is going to tell him or her, mm. court doesn't care. The judge doesn't know you and doesn't know your spouse and certainly doesn't know your children. What they have is a docket that they need to get through. And it's not that the judges themselves aren't decent human beings, caring human beings. It's just they don't have the time to understand your story, nor are they going to take the time? And that's a really important thing for people to understand. You are much better served, even if you have been betrayed, even if your spouse has done something bad to you, to come to some agreement so that you can decide your life, that someone is not going to tell you how to live your life. Yes. Because court orders are not a good way to live your life. So, And now you spent tons of money doing it. So if you're upset, get the support you need and then think through financially, emotionally, therapeutically, legally, how to make the decisions yourself. And there are people who do this work to help you know what to do. So 
It does take planning. It does mean, Robert, you can't be a victim. You have to step up and engage in your own story and say, I own my role in this, even if I was betrayed or even if I, you know, was a good person but made some mistakes. We all are human. So you contributed to both the rise and fall, right? Both of us, all of us in our relationships. So own it and make it about your next chapter and about your kids. So that's how I help people find de-escalating processes for divorce and separation and co-parenting. Whatever they need, I'm either going to help them with that agreement in conversations I'm going to help them get that contractually written down if they need to with, you know, specific de-escalating lawyers. Um, but the key is to make sure that you're leaning into your story and taking initiative. I really love that you shared that because it's really the critical element. Anybody who is going to continue to be a victim of their own life, of their own story, is not going to be empowered in the way where they're, in my experience, where they're going to find peace for their next chapter. Yes. And one thing I, I want to share, and, and I'm not casting all lawyers into in, the same box. I'm just sharing yes. this one experience where I remember I had I had the twins. I had them down at, at the lab and I thought I had their their medical cards, but my ex had them. So as I'm at the lab, so I text her, can you send wow. me a picture of, of the card? Yeah. So this this was more towards the beginning where she still had a little bit of spite in her heart. And so I guess she was she was talking with a lawyer on the side you know, in case things that escalated. And yes. and so like I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Like the the aide has has one of them in the chair and he's, he's all he's just waiting to stick in the needle. And so I'm waiting, like 20 minutes or so goes by, and I was like, what is going on? And so she said, Well, I, I spoke to the lawyer and they said that you're you're a grown man and you can get a copy of the cards. I was like, right now is the time for that? Like, I'm like, why didn't you just take a picture of the card and send it to me? Why did you text the lawyer? <laughs> I was like, you know what you I know mean? What, Robert, <laughs> that is an excellent example of when lawyers can get in the way. And of course, yeah. let's say it's also possible that that was a made up story that the lawyer said it, right? Because people do this Fair to enough. each other all the time. Yeah. But I know for damn sure that happens. And first of all, I'm really sorry for you and for your son, right? Sitting there with, you know, waiting to get the shot and or take the blood. And that's exactly the way in which we get in our own ways. Cause that also didn't help her. And, and whatever she may say, and again, I'm not trying to pick on your former partner because yeah. you know people do this all the time. Yeah. It could not have helped her in any way. And it certainly didn't help your children. So these are the kinds of ways in which when we talk about how people need to get out of their own way, that would have been her getting out of her own way. It's just yeah. to send you a picture of the card. And that's a small example. If people can remember that story and remember how not to do that, they will be so much happier and have so much peace and joy for themselves. And it's, it is a really small vignette of, of a much larger choice that we make every single day with our kids, right? When we're co-parenting. Yeah. 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 Like people will, will ask me how I get along with with her husband i, I was like I, I have no problems with him <laughs> I, yeah. I was like i was like i'm the one that that broke off the relationship so it's not like she dropped me and i'm like feeling jealous or something i'm like she found some someone that that can bond with her better than i can because she she's like she's like big into holidays and i'm really not you know like yes. she, she said she likes to, to go go out with friends and have people over and i don't i'm kind of it's like i'm, a, I'm an athlete i'm a motivator and and a, and a father outside of that, leave me alone. 
<laughs> that's, just, oh. that's just how I'm built, you know? So, like, we just knew our dynamic wasn't wasn't there, you know? So it's like... And yet, isn't it wonderful that you have these children? And so that's what I think. Like, when I yeah. think of my former husband, I think, thank God. Thank God we had these kids. I, I, I'm so grateful to you for that. Yeah. And I wish you all the best. I want you yeah. to live in line with your intentions. Yeah. But truly, as you just said, it's better that you're not with her and she with you and that she found someone. Yeah. It's better that he and I are not together and that I, you know, and, but it's really hard for people to get there sometimes, right? Even, you know, sometimes even if you're the one that left, right, it's hard to find that peace. But especially if you're the one that has been left, it can be hard to sort of own that you had a piece in it, that it may have been better all along that you're no longer together. So, Let me you know, do opinion. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, let me no. ask your opinion. How much do you think outside influence affects that? That is a great question. And I will say, I tell my clients all the time, you better surround yourself with the most positive of a peers. And what I mean by that is you don't need that someone in your ear, that friend who's always telling you about their terrible ex, because that does influence you, right? Yes. So I think it's really impactful. And I think if you watched your parents have a terrible divorce and never be able to communicate again, that doesn't help. Um, so I think it's really important. So I think you choose your people carefully. And since we sometimes can't you know, choose our family, we have to make decisions about what we're going to talk about with them. And so there's a decision to be positive too. And, and I think we have to take that pretty seriously. Yeah. I, I, I always say it's like anything thing in life. If, if you're looking to make more, more money, you got to go talk to people who are, who specialize in making money. You know, if you want yeah. relationship advice, you want to talk to someone that's in a good, solid relationship. It's like, you I, don't want to talk to someone who just went through, through a bad divorce because you're going to get all of their, all of their bad mojo, you know? So, right. so you want to find someone who's successfully co-parenting and be like, how are you guys doing that? That's right. That's right. And, you know, you can find that in groups. You can find that in friendships. Notice, pay attention to the world around you. Right. Yes. You, you know, my example always is you don't have to be Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin, who consciously uncoupled mm -hmm. and do things perfectly every time. You yeah. can actually have friends who've gotten it wrong and then tell you, hey, I really got this wrong. You shouldn't do it this way. Right. So it's really good. It doesn't mean you have to have perfect people, but you have to have people, I think, who are invested enough in in their own humanity to acknowledge when they've been wrong and to yeah. say, Hey, if I could give you a little of my own life experience, it might be maybe think about it this way. So you also have to be able to tell your friends, honestly, feedback that they may not want to hear. And that's, that's a tough thing to do. And you have to be open to it, you know, which is even harder sometimes. Yeah. See, and, and getting back to going through the actual divorce, it goes back to that old saying that, you know, you catch more bees with, with, with honey, just like, like I said, I had the kids yesterday, what um actually they both had a doctor's appointment at four and I'm I'm tied up all all during the day. So she had messaged me, you know, the kids have an appointment, they're there for can you bring them? And I just reminded like, you know, during the week I I really can't. If they have Saturday appointments, I can. But during yes. the week it's tough with what with my coaching call schedule. And so she's like, Okay, it's like you know, if you can get them from school, drop them to my house, I'll be able to bring them to the appointment. And I was like, That I can do. It's like, okay, good. Awesome. You know, like you know, it's 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 not a tough thing to do, 
but like you said, we get in our own way. People just get in their own way. Like it's not about spiting her. Like oh no, screw her. It's 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 her day. She can deal with it. Like it's like I, gotta, I mean I don't know what she said behind closed doors, but when we're interacting with each other, like we we both of us will do what we need to do to make sure the kids get what they need. So if and I gotta bend, I do. If she has to bend, she does. And that's the, I'm noticing that that takes a lot for both of you. And that's really terrific because it means also sometimes it might be annoying, right? It might be irritating even, but you're like, oh, it doesn't matter. If I can do it, I'm going to do it because it's for these kids. And both of you can get your own ego out of the way to do that. And, and I really, that's really commendable. But what we each need to do in our own lives is try to do that and try to appreciate that it has to do with these terrific kids we have. And so Every time it comes up, think about the decision. That's what I would say to people who are listening. You have a choice in this moment about whether to serve the kid or try to hurt your former partner, which also actually hurts you. So if you can make a decision, as you said, people getting out of their own way, to get out of your own way to do the right thing for the child, my client's experience is you actually feel better yourself. I noticed that. Yep. And so the fact that you and your, you know, your former partner do that actually helps both of you individually and collectively. Right. And now it just comes naturally. It sounds like you feel, you know, you got the flow, man. Yeah. Yeah. We got it. We got it down now. Like I said, you know, the first, first couple, couple months was a little rocky, but this thing was, this thing was still fresh. You know, yes. then, then just after a while, it's like, look, whatever we need, we, we get it done. Like if you, if you can't, if you can't be to one of the games, okay, I'll make sure I'm there. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's not like, well, why can't you go? Well, you should like, we don't do any of that. Like if you can't go, I'll make sure at least one that, that they have a parent there. And then vice versa, like this, this Sunday, my daughter has two softball games and, but I'm also in a volleyball league and yeah. it's, our, it's our playoffs. <laughs> you know, oh, so, yeah, you know, so I told her I was like, "All right, what time? What time of the game?" So I said, "I can make it to the first one." I said, "But I can't make the second one," and she understands, you know. But like her mom, her mom's gonna be there anyway, so like she'll still have you know both of us for one, and she'll have mom for the second one. And like I don't feel any guilt in that because like I'm telling her up up front, you know, it's like, it's like you you go out there, you go be amazing. I gotta handle some business over here, and then after call me and tell tell me how that second game went. Like this, to, to me, there's no shame in that. There's absolutely no shame in it. And, and you own it, right? It's like, yeah. here's how it is and here's how it's going to be. And that's all good. But it takes work to get there. If you're not there now, people can take steps to think it through. But it really takes that next co-parenting decision that comes up. How are you going to manage it? Yeah. And if you can create a little bit of a shift, right? And like with a habit, I always say it takes 30 days. Just create that little bit of a shift and keep going. And you will notice what happens. You start to feel lighter. You start to feel better. Even if that other person never changes, they don't have to, because you are, and your kids are better off. Yes. See, along those same lines too, I would say when you, when you constantly show up, they can forgive you for the one you have to miss, you know, because I'm there for everything, all the chorus, the band, Every everything, the track meets, the softball tournaments, like like those long softball tournaments, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. <laughs> you know, like I'm there for everything. I'm there for for the poem readings and, and the middle school graduations, like all of it. Like I'm at absolutely everything. And like I said, because I control my schedule. So whatever they need, I, I work around it. 
and and I make sure I get there. So then when you when you can't be to something, it's more forgivable. But if it, if you're you're the type that misses everything, like I used to coach in in the city in Providence, I coached basketball, and yes. I coached uh, I coached a ten U girls team, mostly mostly inner inner city kids, and I, I can tell you four years, I think I met four dads <laughs> in four yes. years, you know, yes. so like in that kind of situation, you know, it's 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 heartbreaking, you know, it's absolutely, absolutely. heartbreaking. You know, it's one and thing if the dad's in jail and can't be around, but it's I, like when they're just choosing not to be. Yes. That's that's the, that's the stuff I can't stand. And it's sad because it's a loss, obviously, for the child, but what they don't know is it's a loss for them. For them. Yeah. And so, if, again, if you have the choice, try it. Show up. See how it feels. How did it work for you? Wow, this turned out pretty well. And then just keep doing it. Keep practicing that habit. And I find that people can shift. And I do think, you know, these sports experiences with our kids are long and take a long time and a lot of investment. But it's one way, especially I see dads really get engaged. And I think that's fantastic because it's so good for the dads and so good for the kids. So and moms, too. But my point is that wherever that area is that you can connect, do it and keep showing up. And that's really what we're asking of people is how do you get out of your own way to do that? And you have a choice every single day, whether it's a sporting event you know, buying school supplies or making a transition in some way with your kids. It's up to you to make that choice. It's not up to you to blame the other person. You have a role to play. So yes. play your role and make the positive decision for you and for your child. Yep. And not trying try to put a, a morbid spin on the conversation, yeah. but, but at funerals, people always talk about how the person showed up. That's that's what they talk about. They don't talk about how much money they gave them. They don't talk about about materialistic things. They they always talk about how that person showed up in their life. Like that's the thing that sticks with people the most, and that's that's mm -hmm. the best thing that you can do for your kids is be there. But in these last few minutes, I want to want you to talk about about your book and how can people get in touch with you. Well, thank you, Robert. So I I really love people to explore the ideas that I talk about either at DearDivorceCoach.com, which is a really simple name for Ooh, a simple I process. That. I got that right, right there. And, and, <laughs> and if they go there, they will find out about everything I do from the co-parenting work to the discernment work to the, you know, can I just figure out how to lower conflict in my life work? Um, I want them to read and think about and plan for the life transition before it happens. I want them to be ready to co-parent. I want them to be ready to think about what's next for them. And I always offer a free consultation because I think people need to know they can trust me, that they understand the work we'll be doing. And I want to know that I'm a good fit for them. So I will provide them tools and there are lots of ways I practice, but I can meet you in person. I can meet you remotely. I do work all over the country, even some clients in Europe these days. And really it's about how you learn to take care of yourself and your children. Um, this recurrent theme that we've had today, Robert, of learning all of us to get out of our own way for success and to look at what's next. We can't change what's happened, but what can we do about what's next? And I know for myself, I always want my children to know how much I love them and we raise them for what's next for them so they can make good decisions for themselves. And I think showing up for them is the best way to do that. So how can we help people yes. learn to do that? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Love, it. Love it. You didn't mention your book, though. Oh, well, my book is sitting right behind me. It's Should I Stay or Should I Go? And okay. it helps people decide. In fact, I will grab it, and it's on the website. And it's all about this discernment issue because there's so much we need to know about whether we should stay in a marriage or leave a marriage. It's not just about, you know, getting along with someone. It's what do your finances look like? What does your emotional relationship with your children look like? How are you going to plan for what's next? So if people just take a look, they can buy it on Amazon. They can think about what they want and then they can reach out and have a discovery session with me. Love it. Perfect way, way to end. This is a great conversation. I, I felt we, we could talk for hours on this topic. Hours. You know, Robert, you are an amazing, <laughs> amazing man. And it was so nice to meet you and to talk to you and engage. Nice to meet you as well. So you are not the first divorce coach I've had on. So one thing, <laughs> so one thing I'm starting is I'm starting to do all-star panels. I have my first one tomorrow. Yes. And my second one I have is on the 30th yeah october 30th is the second one but i'm gonna do one with all of my divorce coaches ther therapists and now i'll make i'll make sure ho hopefully it lines up with, with a date you can do they're typically going to be on saturdays at 11 a.m i'm absolutely thrilled to join if the if the stars align i will make absolutely awesome. room in my schedule thank you all right yeah cause that that one will probably be second week no, first week in December, because I think I'm away that second week. But for, yeah, first week in December. But I'll reach out to you as as time gets closer. And I'm going to connect you with a bunch, bunch of my podcast friends. Cause, uh, Thank you so much, Robert. And may I have a copy of this for my website so I can oh, post of course. it? Oh, Wonderful. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you very much for joining. And um, yeah, this was an awesome conversation. So for the people, people who, who are watching, I hope you get a lot out of this. If you're catching up on the replay, thank you for that as well. Five-star review, please. Mm -hmm. And, <laughs> you know, as, as you said, hit up Dear Divorce Coach if you want to have a conversation. And just know you don't have to go at this alone. And the biggest thing is it doesn't have to be ugly. Like, it does, it does not have to be ugly. Like, you can co-parent. You can get along for the sake of the child, regardless of how you personally feel. It's about the children. And if you can put that ego to the side, you're not going to have to deal with trauma down the line from, from the kids dealing with the dysfunction of you two. So that's my final words on that. Sherry, thank you again for joining. This was awesome. I will definitely be in touch, touch with you. And uh, are we connected on Facebook? Uh, well, I will make sure we are. Okay, yeah. yeah, make sure we are. And then I'll, I'll connect you with my, my podcast friends on Messenger. Thank you so much, my dear. Have a wonderful weekend. Right. Thank good you. Care. You too. Bye. Right. Bye. All right. That was an awesome, awesome episode. So if you happen to tune in late, make sure you go back and watch the whole thing again. Great, great conversation. So if you are, if you are divorced or about to be divorced and you're having issues connecting with your ex, this is the episode for you. So please go back, watch this whole thing. We just dropped so many golden nuggets in there, and we easily could have spoke two more hours on this subject. So thank you very much for listening. I will be back tomorrow with the first all-star panel, 11 a.m. See you then. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. 
We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com slash speaks on Instagram at Robert underscore B underscore Foster on Twitter at RBF underscore fitness and on Facebook at Robert B. Foster. Till next time, shut up and grind.